if you're here. Um, but we live in a, if you haven't noticed, I just want to say welcome to the 21st century. Because we live in a crazy world. I mean crazy world. I remember when it turned, you know, 2000, we're all excited, woo, you know, new things, new, going to happen, and, and we're excited about this, and they had big celebrations, you watched them across the world, and all the uh, things, and, and now we're into it 23 years. You, you, is that crazy? We're into it 23 years. And as you look around, you start thinking, oh man, this is not what I thought. In some sense, it feels like the this, the world is so unhealthy, it's just like spinning out of control. AI has moved from our movies to our mobile phones that we talk to, and it talks back to us and runs our lives. And whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing or, or, or all these things, you look at the politics and the divisions and the, 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 the pain that's going on and the hurting that's all around us, and sometimes you wonder, man, what? What is it? What is this? What is, what is going on? Jesus taught a story that's probably familiar to most of you. He, he started out and he said there was a father who had two sons, and one of the sons said, I want my money now. Does that sound like the 21st century? <laughs> I want my money. I, I, give me my inheritance. And, and so the father reluctantly gave it to him, and he split. He had fun. He had wild parties. He lived crazy. He had lots of friends while he had lots of money, but then the money ran out. And so were the friends. Now, you remember that. <laughs> Just keep put, put that in your, in, your, in your mind and heart. So all of a sudden he finds himself just, and, and the way that Jesus describes it, it's the bottom of the bottom because here's a Jew living in a pig pen and has, has to wait till the pigs eat first. I always wanted to do a sermon called The Pigs Eat First because that's what the world does. We think we're good. We think we're awesome. We think we're doing well, but all of a sudden we find out the pigs are eating first. <laughs> We can't even eat until they do. And that's what the world will do. And, 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 and he, he finally came in one of my favorite verses. He came to his senses. <laughs> All of a sudden, it means he came to a wholeness. It, he came to himself, it says. He came to himself. He, well, the two that were broken became whole, literally. And he goes back home. And, of course, we know the story. The father's watching for him and sees him and runs to him and throws a coat on him and gives him sandals and gives him a ring and just decides to throw a party. Remember, this is about two sons. Well, what happened is that this party's starting to go on. The party's starting to get going. Come on, the party's going. <laughs> and as the party's going... The older son comes in from doing what he does, working hard out of the fields, comes in, and look, it says in Luke 15, 27, I love this, and he says, what is going on? And the servant says, hey, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed. Let me just stop there. I don't like to stop in the middle of the verse, but I just, you just got to always see the picture. Always put Jesus in everything. Jesus is the word. Jesus is always in everything. And if you want to know how, what does this mean and how is this going and what is this all about, it's about Jesus, always Jesus, 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 Jesus. Your life is about Jesus. Your problems are about Jesus. Come on. Your struggles are about how you interact and, and let Jesus be in your life. And I just love this. The brother came home, so the father killed. I just started to just feel that in my spirit. The only way we came home is because Jesus died 
Father allowed Jesus to go to the cross in obedience. The Father sent Jesus to die. And Jesus willingly came and died. So the brother has come and the father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. That's one word there, safe and sound. And it means health. It means wholeness. It means everything is, is, is good. So he returned to his level of health, his level of wholeness that the father always wanted for him. He left. He, lit, he fought the health and the wholeness that he wanted was in the world and had the, uh, the girls, the gold, and the glitter. Come on, you know. I, I, when I grew up, they used to preach those type of sermons. <laughs> it had all of that, and then all of a sudden he realized it, it was nothing. It wasn't what he wanted. He was unhealthy. He was living unhealthy, where the pigs eat first. So he comes back, and now he's living in a, in a level of health. And, and I think this is a point we need to understand and really focus on. It was always the Father's desire to restore him to the level of wholeness, sound, soundness, wholeness that he had. And I think that's important for us to understand because you might think, oh, wait, 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 wait. well, what is healthy? What does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to be sound and, and, uh, and whole? Does it just mean not sick? And so often people's interpretation of what is healthy is I'm not sick. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm not sick. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a start. But I'm telling you, God wants us to live in a, a level of healthiness and wholeness that I don't think we've tapped into yet. That I think that, that sometimes we haven't really come to grips with. I was gone last weekend. I, I enjoyed uh, watching uh, Jared last week and preach and appreciated that. But I, I was at my brother-in-law's celebration of life. He passed away at a young age, I thought. Young to me. <laughs> but going there, I was really worried because I was sick. I mean, I was not feeling well. I wore a mask voluntarily in the airport that lets you know how bad I was feeling. I just wore it because I thought, man, I feel this bad. I don't want anyone else to feel this bad, so I'm wearing this mask. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, like that. Can't breathe. On the plane. Wore it the whole time, you know, to pull it down to eat. Because, you know, I didn't want to be, but that was, it was like Friday, and then you get into Saturday, and Saturday is, is the funeral, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling better, but not. And this sickness that went around that I had was like, you feel like, okay, I'm good, okay, I'm healthy, but it's just like, I call it a quasi-health. It was in a quasi, it's like watching yourself and not being it. I'm seeing myself do things but I'm watching me. I'm not actually doing it. It's a weird, weird thing. You know, and, and Lisa kept saying, oh, you got a fever. Oh, you got a fever. And I said, quit confessing that over me. <laughs> I'm just telling you how it is. This is the way we live, right? So Sunday morning, I enjoyed just <laughs> being in bed and watching Jared preach. But I started to feel a little better, a little bit better. But I think sometimes that's how we as Christians live in a quasi-health. Well, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> I got my ticket punched, I'm going to heaven, you know. And then when I get there, I'm going to have sheets of gold, and I'm going to have... If you're worried about gold and houses and mansions and seeing people and asking God all the questions when you get to heaven, you're missing the point. There's health, there's a wholeness, there's a life that God has that's so much bigger, that's so much uh, greater. And I think many people go through this state of quasi-health. 
that they just think, I'm okay, I'm going to heaven, it's all right. But God has so much more. God wants us to live so much more. He doesn't want us to, to live that way. God has a life that is that, a level of health, a level of soundness, a level of wholeness that is greater than you can imagine. That I, and that's, that's been in my heart all week. I've just been thinking and praying about this. You see, this story is not about just one unhealthy son, but two. It's always, it was always about two. And, and what happened is the older son was out in the fields. He was working, doing what he does. He was living in this quasi-state of health. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm going to church. I give every now and then. I smile at the pastor. I tell him he had a good sermon. Oh, it wasn't. But, I'm, you know, I'm doing those things. You know, come on. <laughs> give a little support for your pastor, a little love. So, so I'm, I'm doing these things. And he comes and says, Father, why are you throwing a party for him? And he, and he says, because now he's healthy. And he said, well, you never threw a party for me. And he says, it's always there. You just weren't living it. And that's what I believe God wants us to understand. You're just not living it. We're not living this health that, that God has for us. So this morning, briefly, I want to talk about living healthy in an unhealthy world. If you live like the world, guess what? You will be unhealthy because the world is not healthy they put all the gold the glitter and the fun up but it's not there it's not there it's it's just a facade in front of a pigsty <laughs> and people live in there and they think man this isn't right i'm not healthy it's not good what's wrong with me and and, and you might say how do i live healthy how do i live in this wholeness this this soundness there's a, there's a scripture that I've just been meditating on, that I've just it's been marinating in there. I talked about it last Wednesday night in our core life meeting. It's Titus chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And just to, I sort of condense those two verses. Look what it says. It says, teach, live, in other words, what is appropriate, what is good, what is right for sound doctrine. So understand what we're talking about, healthy doctrine. Live healthy. Live healthy, healthy in your faith, in your relationship with God. Healthy in love, which means how you treat other people. And healthy in endurance, which means you're not going to fold when the wind and the storm hits. You're not going to go, oh, I got this sickness, God hates me, I'm out of here. <laughs> your pastor didn't preach, he preached too long, 10 minutes too long, I'm out of here. You know, or, or all he talked about is money, I'm out of here. You know, whatever, whatever it is, or I don't like this pain, I don't like this trouble, I don't like this frustration. Listen to me. We have to be sound, sound in what we believe, who we believe, sound in how we treat one another. Some people, it's all about how we treat one another, and they have no faith. Uh, doesn't work. Some people have faith, and they care for people, but they fold the, 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 the storm, you know? If, if God forbids America just turns on a dime, and all of a sudden, they're persecuting us, you know, for being Christians, wait, that's what happened. But if it's worse, you know, you know, if all of a sudden things go, are you, are you like, oh, man, I didn't know it was that tough. I'm out of here. But you have to marinate. You see, I don't think we understand what meditation means. I think we're, we're still sort of working through that. Meditation means it's there. 
Pick a verse, pick a passage, pick a story, and just keep letting it just be there in your heart, in your mind, and think about it, and, and allow God, because there's depths we don't know. And as soon as you find, wow, that's an insight I didn't realize. That's something God's showing me, and that, that's really good. That's great. Like that. You know what that means? You're just getting started. Because there's always more, there's always deeper, there's always deeper. And that's what God wants to understand us about how we live in sound doctrine and sound love in sound endurance, and, and understand there's, God has so much for, uh, more for us. In fact, Philippians 3.10, I love this verse. Put it up there. There we go. I want to know Christ, Paul said. I want to know Christ. How desperate was this knowing, this meditation, this deepness? How deep was he willing to go to know the power of his resurrection. I, I, I want that. <laughs> I want power. You know, we all we want the power. But do we want the power so that we can participate in his sufferings? Hmm. Are we willing to go that deep? How about as deep as he did all the way to becoming like him in death? Which literally meant like him in obedience. Are we willing to go that deep? How well do we want to know him? I want to know Christ. Knowing Christ, I'm convinced, is living healthier every day. So, Greg, how do I gonna be healthier in my relationships? How can I be healthier in my life, in my body, in, in everything? How can I be? You have to know him more because it's all connected. It's all in relationship. If you're just out working out, you know, I got some guys working out here that work out all the time, right, Tim? Okay, so if, 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 if my friend always worked out with his arms, worked out with his arms, I never worked his legs, you know, then it would just be weird. <laughs> you go, that ain't right. <laughs> Big old pipe by your arms, you know, all of legs, you know. It's not good. It's not, it's, it's not, but same thing with us. Same thing, we need to be healthy. Uh, a, a movie I was on the other day, uh, it was called Twister. It's an old, old movie about a, a tornado, right? A big, big tornado. And they're tornado hunters. And, they're, and there's, you know, our heroes, in the, toward the end of the show, are stuck in this shed, and the tornado is blowing. It's coming. It's a big one. It's an F5. It's going to demolish everything. And, they, and they, this little shed is not going to protect them. But in the shed, they found pipes that ran deep. Down, 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 down deep. And so they tied themselves, and in a very unrealistic way, the tornado just blew through them. You know, sticks in the step, things in the tornado. You're not living through that, but they did. It was okay. You're missing the point. The point is that they were tied down. They were anchored down. You see, when the wind blows and it's tossing you, and there's new doctrines and there's new theologies and there's new thoughts coming, blowing, are you going to be grounded? Are you going to be solid? That is going to be someone who's healthy. That says, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to live God. I'm going to live for God. I know what's true. I know. And, and, and if you ever think, oh, Greg, I don't know what's true. Find Jesus. <laughs> that's true. Find Jesus. That's true. Do you, are you loving him? Are you loving others like he loved him? Uh, or them? Are you, are you giving yourself? That's what we need to do. When the winds blow and the winds of doctrine blow, are you tossed back and forth? Or are you solid? Are you sound? In the legal world, they have this, uh, this phrase they use if you're making a will, being sound of mind and body. <laughs> 
you know, it's someone that can create a will if they're sound, if they're healthy in mind and body. Now, they also have another one. I, I think it goes non compass mentis. Basically, that means you ain't. <laughs> you're not sound. You're not healthy. And you know what happens if you create a will and you're non compass mentis? That means that they can nullify the will. Do you realize the New Testament literally means the new will? The old will, the new will, the New Testament. And so you say we, we trust in, in what God has said in God's word, but if you're not sound, if you're not healthy in your mind and in your heart and your relationship with God, then the enemy comes along and starts nullifying, throwing, twisting scriptures like he tried to do with Jesus in the wilderness. He just took a little bit of scripture and twisted it. And, and, you know, and if you're not sound, you'll be going, oh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> That sounds right. And, and to really understand how Jesus responded, you need to go back in the context of where he quoted it from and understand. Like, like when, when he's, and he says, eat bread, you're hungry. Okay, turn this, bread, turn this stone to bread. That seems like a pretty logical thing, but he, Jesus said, no, 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 you won't live by bread alone. And he was quoting scripture because that came from understanding God's my provider. God's my provider. You see, when we're not sound in mind, the enemy in this world can contest our faith, can contest it. We need to be solid. My son Jared was telling me about AI. <laughs> it's like, it like everyone's freaking out about AI. There's not a, new, a day that a new show somewhere doesn't talk about AI. But did you realize, I didn't know this. I hope this is true. He told me everything he tells me is true. So he, he told me that AIs can have hallucinations. I don't know what's more disturbing. AIs have hallucinations, but, or that we know about it, and we still use them. <laughs> uh, AI hallucination is this. It takes the logical conclusions of everything and comes to an end and it says, this is true. Except it ain't. It's not. It's not true. It came, it used all of its logic and everything it had and came to this conclusion, except it was wrong. And they said, oh, that's just uh, AI hallucinating. <laughs> That's disturbing. <laughs> we don't want AIs to hallucinate. But they said, no, that's okay. We can fix it. Oh, well, how do you fix an AI who has hallucinations? <laughs> well, it's easy. You just got to get uh, what they call an anchor data. Put some anchor data into it. In other words, this is true. So if the AI is going, man, I want to protect the the world and these humans are killing the world. Let's kill humans. <laughs> that's the conclusion it came to. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I got an anchor data that says that's bad. <laughs> I got an anchor data that says protect people. I got an anchor data that says I'm not going to do that. I got something that's holding me down. And if you're not living some anchor data in your life, then when the wind blows and the tornado comes and the world says, this is true and this is right, and we're saying, that's not right, that's upside down, that's wrong, and it's blowing, it's blowing, we better be anchored to something. You better be tied down to something stronger than what you're thinking, stronger. What are you tied down and what anchors us? So here's a few thoughts. There are so, so many. There are so many. But let me just give a few thoughts. Here's one. God's Anchor data grounds us to know that God provides. 
Man, we say that. I don't think we believe it. We say it. Oh, I know God provides. God's my provider. God's my Really? God's your provider? Because if you really believe that God was your provider, you would live different. You would certainly give different. <laughs> and you would trust God in ways that you never thought. See, God is our provider. <laughs> Are we really doing that? Are we really trusting that? But you see, we add it all up. And this is what I'm at. This is how much I have. This is what's going on. Uh, and we come to this hallucination ending conclusion that's going, whoa, I guess I can. I guess God doesn't want to bless me. I guess that's not going to happen. I guess that isn't what God wants in my life. And we come to this conclusion that's wrong. Jesus was talking, interacting in Matthew 17. And each one of these starts with the, the same uh, phrase. In verse 17, verse 25, it says, what are you thinking? <laughs> Your anchor data is wrong. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Simon, you're thinking poorly. What are you thinking? That's what he started. What do you think, Simon? He asked, from whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? You're thinking, what? <laughs> That's probably what Simon thought. Because you see, there was a temple tax that was owed, that everyone paid, that, that was a pledge to the temple, that I will support the temple, I support God, basically. And the people came to, to Peter and said, hey, does, does Jesus uh, give a temple tax? Does he do that? Does he, is he going to support the temple? Peter said, yes, he will. He goes back to Jesus, and Jesus says, no, I won't. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, no, no, you're confused. You're thinking wrong. You're thinking backwards. He says, and I have to pay that to the temple because I am the temple. <laughs> I am the presence of God. And he says, it's, it would be like a king saying, I need some more money, so go take all my children and take their money. No, is that what he's going to do? No, no, he does it from out there. In other words, what he's saying is, it all belongs to me. It's all mine. We think incorrectly because we think, this is what I have, this is what I need, this is what i got to be. I want God to do this, and it's not happening. And we measure in those kind of weird type of worldly hallucination thinking when God said, it's all mine. You go down there, open a fish's mouth, put your hand in it, and it'll be my tax. It'd be like God saying, you go down to any pond, you take an alligator, you speak to that alligator, it'll open up, you stick out your hand in the alligator's mouth, and you pull out diamonds. Now, I don't recommend that. That's not what I'm teaching. But I'm telling you, that's the kind of thinking. That's the kind of thinking that God, healthiness that God wants us to understand, that God has so much more for us. Our hallucination thinks that we have to work it all out. And when we're trying, God, when we worry, when we fret, when we do all these type of things, all we're doing, all we're doing is saying, God, I don't think you're really my provider. Is that your anchor? God will meet every need. He never fails. He is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should fail. His arm is not short. He will meet every single need. It may not be how you think and not be where you think. You might have to stick your hand in an alligator's mouth. Metaphorically speaking, understand, people are crazy because they live in a crazy world. We need sound thinking, sound doctrine in our life to understand what God is doing. Not long after uh, we moved into our very first house, woo, we're so excited, small little bitty house, it's just Lisa and I, 
newly married, and just bought a car, got, got ahead of ourselves a little bit. You know, if you're snow skiing and you get ahead of your skis, it's not going to end well. And so we were tight. We didn't, we didn't think, hi, oh, we're going to pay this mortgage this month. It's really God, just trusting God. And we just, we just gave it to God. We said, God, I know this is the path you had. We're going to do this. And I remember I was awarded a scholarship, uh, uh, award $1,000, and they gave me 10 $100 bills at work when there's no way I should have won it. There's just no way. Not that I wasn't working hard, but that's not the point. It's a bigger story when I have to go, go into all of it. But I remember we did this. You just think we're, we're heathens? Well, I don't care. We got on the bed. And we took those $100 bills. It's true story. Am I, am I telling the truth? We took those $100 bills and we threw it in the air. And they all come fluttering down. <laughs> it just reminded us, God will supply. God will meet every need. Do you believe it or not? The world doesn't. The world calls it hallucination. But when we try to do things on our own instead of trusting God, we have Heart for the Houses coming up. I'm so excited about it. God has just been burning my heart. We haven't done a Heart for the House in, in, in a while, but Heart for the Houses, we're going to do an offering in the first of June. And we're going to believe that God is going to give us this incredible amount. I can't even tell you the amount because you all run screaming in the night. But, but I'm telling you, God put that on my heart and said, you know, because there's things we need to do. There's things we need to build. There's things we need to go. In fact, the entire month, God's already laid on my heart, it's going to be our building month. And I'm going to be talking about how do we build lives and marriage and people and all kinds of things. So excited about that. But all that comes to trusting God. Do you trust God? I remember we had a time that we were at, before we even got married, we're in this church. We're leaving the church because we're going to go down and get married and live in Dallas. This church is in Tulsa. And they're raising a building fund. And God told us to give to it. We're not even there. Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're like, see, I love you, but we're, 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 this is not going to be our church. Never saw the building they built. But God spoke to us, and we gave. Out of our money for our honeymoon. <laughs> if you didn't know that, you probably would have said, no, don't do that. <laughs> but then God blessed in ways I can't even begin. God blessed and paid for an entire honeymoon. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> God does that. God does that. Who does that for you? God does that. Come on. Do you believe it? Are you anchored to the fact that God provides? Do you really believe that? Here's the second one. God anchor data grounds us to know you matter. No, we don't know this. We don't know this. We wonder, does God really love me? Is God really going to see where I'm at in my struggles? See, our world is dying. They are sick and dying. You know why? They don't have hope. Suicide rate among young people is higher than it's ever been. Why? They have the most life ahead of them. Why? Why? Because they have no hope. They look around and they think, this is what they think. I don't matter. Nothing matters. What I do, what I try, doesn't matter. And that hopelessness is just in there. Matthew 18, 12. Jesus says, what are you thinking? <laughs> what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 and go to look, look for the one? You may have heard this story before, but I, 
unless you know the context of why he told that, in Matthew, you sort of miss the point. Because the context is, who's the greatest? Who's worthy to, to be the first? Who's worthy? Who's the best? Who's, who's it? And then Jesus tells this story. You know what he's saying? The least, the broken. And at least we think, oh, man, yeah, Greg, we, we need someone. We need you to go out. We're going to 99. We're going to stay here and have a party. You go out and get the one. Mm-mm. Remember, put it in the story of this is about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. God's word's about Jesus. So who's the 99? Heaven. He left heaven. He left the glory. He left the one that are already there. And he came down to find the one. He came down to find me. He came down to find you. You're the one. You're it. You're the reason. You're you're the, 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 the greatest priority that God has. I remember Jackie was really young. <laughs> she was struggling at school, and some people teased her about not being smart in math. The father came out of me and thought, who are they? I'm going to punch the face of them. Not much of a pastor, I know. But, you know. <laughs> I remember she came home. I came home, and she was crying, and Lisa was consoling her. What do you do? What do you say? I pulled her up in my arms. And I, I was thinking, I was thinking, I'm making her cry. I'm so sorry, Jackie. It's my fault. <laughs> I put my, put my arms around her. And I said, God, give me words. Because <laughs> I, have, I, have I have nothing to say. And all of a sudden, something came to my mind. I said, Jackie, do you think mom's stupid? Oh, no, mom's smart. <laughs> Smarter than dad. But that's, that, that, that's not the point. <laughs> no, mom is, mom is smart. Do you know how mom always says, I am calculator dependent? I, I am just calculator dependent. I need a calculator. I said, I said, you're not dumb. You're just calculator dependent. <laughs> she just brightened up. She just started to smile. Yeah, I am just like mommy. She is. She is her mom it, through and through. <laughs> Especially when she's telling me what to do. She is her mom. No. <laughs> she is her mom. You know what? We need to be Christ dependent. We are not Christ-dependent. We, th- we think we can figure it all out on ourselves. We need to become Christ-dependent on Him. Why? Because He matters. I matter to Him. You matter. Here's my last thought. I'll wind it up with this. God's anchor data that grounds you, okay, that really this is going to ground you, is to know what you do What you do matters. We matter to him. God will provide. But what you do matters. It makes a difference. Not doing great things, or being a great person, or being recognized, but being obedient to what he's doing. Matthew 21, verse 28. He says, what are you thinking? You're thinking like the world. Don't think like the world. Think healthy. Don't think like a... There was a man who had two sons. It's always two sons. And he goes on and tells a story. He says, goes to one and says, hey, would you go out and work in the field? I need, really need you. And he says, nope, not going to do it. You can't make me. You don't want to. I got my inheritance. I'm good. I'm just going to sit right here. Well, okay. So he goes to the other son. 
I said, son, will you go out and work in the field? I need you. You bet, dad. You're the father. I'm the son, and I will, I will do that. But never does. Later on, the first son that said no thought, man, dad really needs me. And goes out and does it. And he says, which of these two did what the father wanted? Well, obviously it was the first one. Because he was obedient. What you do matters. You see, Eastern religions, you know what they teach us? You know, they subtly try to creep into our way. They teach us it's only about the journey. It's just about the journey. Be good today and then you're good tomorrow. Just about the journey. That's not Christianity. We got to get somewhere. <laughs> Come on, listen to me. We, we got to get to the point where we're standing before God. We have to get to the end. And I, and I teach about the, uh, the, the steps, the 100 steps. I'll do it one more time. Here it is. Your salvation is step one. It's just step one. That is the salvation, giving our life to Jesus. Step 100 is glorification. It's a resurrection. It's being, a, it's being with God. Those two steps matter. Step one, you don't get to 100 without step one. But if you stop at step one, you'll never get two to 99. Two to 99 is all about understanding a living God every day. I'm heading somewhere. I'm going somewhere. And you might be on step 43 today and thinking, oh, God, it's hard. I don't think it's hard. My marriage isn't working. This is hard. This, my body, what a, come on. Do 44. Do 46. Do 55. Because you will get to 100 and you will stand before God and he'll say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come in. I, you see, I, I want to start soon. I know this God's put on my heart. And how we're going to do it, we're going to start soon a class. I'm going to call it 299. About people that say, okay, I started, now what do I do? <laughs> how do I live this? But I believe God wants to do that. It's going to, we're going to have a class. It's going to be called 299, where you learn how to take go from step one to two and move all the way to 299. The story of Acts. And Paul is being taken to Rome as a prisoner. He's on a prison ship. Storm hits. Everyone's panicked. And I love verse 31. In verse 27, uh, chapter 27, verse 31, it says, Paul said, unless these men stay with this ship, you cannot be saved. Now, now what happened is they were faking putting out anchors. They, the sailors were saying, I'm going to put out this anchor in the lifeboat. I just want to put this anchor down. And they were acting like that. But in, in, re, in reality, they were trying to skip out on the ship. And Paul says, if they leave the ship, they'll die. You cannot be saved if you leave the ship. And I think too many times we try to put out these fake anchors of, into wealth or, or into pride or all these types of things, and it just pulls us off the ship. We need to stay in what God wants us to do. And say, God, I'm, I'm here. Don't put out the fake anchors. Don't have an escape plan. Have another step. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to believe. God, you're going to do something. You, God, you're going to turn things around. God, you're going to do that. And I believe with all my heart, that's what God's going to do. That's how we live healthy. How do I live healthy, Greg? How do I have, I need health in my marriage. I need health in my body. I need, I need health in my finances. I need, how do I get healthy? Take that step and trust and say, God, I'm going to believe you. You provide. I matter. And what I do is going to lead me to that answer. And that's what God's going to do in our lives. I believe that with all my life, with all my heart, and your life. Because <laughs> that's what God is doing. You received the word this morning. Come on, give God thanks.
Let me pray for you because I'm going to pray for health. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every single heart. If there's anyone here that does not know you, if there's anyone going their own path and living their own way, that that are heading for the lifeboats and try to jump the ship, God, I pray that you would keep them safe and secure in who you are and in your relationship with them. But Father, I believe right now I'm praying for health in our bodies. God, you heal people so that people can see that you are a healer and bring health to their souls. So God, I pray right now, if there's any sickness in this place, if there's any ailments, whatever is that causing the body to be in pain or discomfort, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you bring healing. And God, in marriages, God, I pray that you would bring a healing in relationships where there's tension, there's strife, and there's division. God, bring a wholeness there where the two sides are brought together. Bring wholeness and healing. God, bring us into a sound, under, uh, sound doctrine and understanding of the wholeness that you have for us. God, I'm believing for that. I'm confessing that. I'm, I'm, God, I believe with all my heart you're going to do that in every single person's life. And we trust and we believe in your name. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen.